The men and women leading the 21 sports at Campbell University have helped build and guide the Fighting Camels to one of their best years ever. They are talented and hardworking, and most importantly, great people. The kind of people you'd love to just sit down and have a cup of coffee with. Unfortunately, in this 10-second soundbite world we live in, we mainly only get coaches talking about how they won, why they lost, and what's next. This podcast tries to remedy that with two cups of coffee and a recorder. I'm Chris Amire, and this is Coffee with Coaches. I first met Mike Mentor almost 15 years ago. I was a weekend sports anchor at a TV station in Eastern North Carolina, covering a Monday night football game for the first time as the Carolina Panthers hosted and then got soundly beat by Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers. Before I left for the game that morning, my boss told me that win or lose, you want to interview Mike Minter because he'll always give you a great answer. So in the somber Panthers locker room after the game, I walked towards the locker of Mike Minter. And as I came towards him, he gave me this look, a look that would intimidate a pit bull. I've seen that look many times since, when a player or a ref or a coach does something he doesn't like. A look at the time made me wonder if my boss had set me up, but I walked up to him anyway, asked my questions, and he answered every one, thoughtfully, eloquently, each answer 10 seconds of soundbite gold. All of this to a young sports reporter who almost certainly looked very much out of place in an NFL locker room. The way he played made him a 10-year starter in the NFL. The way he treated people, from young reporter to ESPN anchor, governor to groundskeeper, made him one of the most popular and loved players in Carolina Panthers history. Mike Minter has an NFC championship ring, two national championship rings, and a degree in engineering. And he's the head football coach at Campbell University. All right, coach, you have a coffee regiment that is uh, very strict. Tell us about uh, when you drink your coffee, what do you have in it? Well, um, you know, my first cup of coffee um, will happen around um, 7.30, and um, that would be my first one. And then, you know, from there, I, I get another one in about 10, 15. And depending on, you know, what's going on, um, I might get one um, right before practice. And they say, you know, two to three cups of coffee a day is, is, is something that'll help your brain. And so um, that's why I drink it, um, really, is, is uh, because of that. And, and um, you know, what I have in it, it you know, so I have some, you know, maybe two uh, packets of sugar and uh, some cream. Um, or I might do some almond milk. It all depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, but, you know, that's that's pretty much how um, I do my coffee. I like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Um, that's, a, that's great coffee. And, and uh, also I like uh, Folgers, man, the, the morning kind, the, the light roasted because that, that has more caffeine in it. See, I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought, um, you know, the darker it was, or I should say the... The heavier it was, because you got medium roast, right? You got light roast, and and um, and they say light roast is the best. So I've been going with the light roast in the morning. <laughs> Coach, that is why this is called Coffee with Coaches. <laughs> we could stop the interview right here, but a lot more interesting things about you in addition to your coffee regimen. Let's go all the way back. Growing up in Oklahoma, tell me about your childhood. Wow. Um, you know what? I, I, we... 
I was born in Cleveland, um, and so in eight months old, uh, my mom is from Oklahoma, and so we moved back um, home to Oklahoma. My dad had passed away, and so um, we moved back to Oklahoma, and, and uh, it's four of us. It's, I got two older sisters and, and one younger brother, and, uh, and so, you know, they're growing up in, in, in Lawton, Oklahoma, um, you know, really sports was, was there from day one. Uh, it, it was something that um, I always enjoyed watching. Uh, I can remember at four years old watching the Super Bowl with the Cowboys and, and uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers there in 79. And I remember watching that, man, and we were Dallas Cowboys fans, of course, uh, being from Oklahoma and, and um, them losing that, that, that Super Bowl. And, and, uh, and so, you know, all, all those things is, is something that was always, you know, there um, that I was excited about. I um, always dreamed of wanting to play sports and, and competing. I think the competition is really what got me. Um, you know, my grandmother had 14 kids, and so, um, you know, that, that means 13 brothers and sisters uh, um, of my mom. And so we have a lot of cousins, and, um, you know, it's about 200 of us. And so you have to learn how to compete. Um, within the family <laughs> um, and so in order to get your ranks up in the family you gotta you gotta you know you gotta fight sometimes you gotta you know uh, try to um, negotiate to get something to eat sometimes so you know you, you have to learn these skills early on and and um, and so when I really finally got to play football and basketball for the first time in the third grade man I was just so excited about doing it I didn't know if I was going to be good at it I just loved playing it and and um, you know happens to be that you know we won a championship and won another championship and and I was a the star player on the elementary team you know the whole time and and I remember my sixth grade year my my coach told me he said son you can you can play in the NFL in sixth grade sixth grade right I'm like what yeah I I believe that (laughs) and um and so you know from from middle school to well, we call it junior high. Guess how old we are, Chris? Yeah, junior high. And um, and so, you know, at, at in the third grade, I wanted to go to Nebraska. I was watching them play TV on TV, um, uh, Miami in the 1984 Orange Bowl National Championship game. And, and I just fell in love with Nebraska at that time. And, and I said, man, you know what? We was red and white my little league team, and, and Nebraska was really good. And I'm like, man, I, I want to go to that school. And, and um, that, that was where my mindset was made up, man. I'm going to Nebraska in the third grade. Now, I'm from the central time zone, too, so we need to explain from those that maybe don't remember in the 80s and 90s. You being from Oklahoma, going to Nebraska is sort of like on this side of the country, if you were born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and instead of going to Ohio State, you went to Michigan. Nebraska and Oklahoma were the best teams in the Midwest for two decades. How did that go over with friends and family? <laughs> well, um, nobody liked me at the point, right? Everybody was mad. Everybody was upset. I, I remember getting um, a visit from my elementary coach, my um, junior high coach. Uh, my high school coach liked Nebraska, so he had a connection to Nebraska. So that was, that was easy. He was on my side. Everybody else was um, against me, man, and I remember people that um, I I didn't even know would come to the house and try to convince me to go to Oklahoma. So um, it, it was it was an amazing time, um, but 
you know, I'm a stubborn guy. You know, once I make up my mind, Chris, that's just what it's going to be. And so um, I made my mind up, and my mama wanted me to go to Oklahoma and everything. And I said, no, mama, you know, I'm the one doing this. I'm, I'm going to Nebraska. So, so you know, it was, it was um, a trying time. Now, I went back probably about six years ago to, to speak um, at a bank conference in, in Oklahoma. And the number one question they asked me, why you leave? <laughs> we still mad at you. 20 years, 20 years, <laughs> 20 years later. later, right? This is how much they hate that stuff. So, But it, it was fun. I said, man, listen, I made the right decision. I won two national championships, and Oklahoma didn't win none. So you got to give me some credit for being smart enough to know I went to the right school. Um, they said, okay, we'll forgive you then. <laughs> so uh, we have fun with that. Talk about Nebraska football back in the 90s when you went, really going back to the 80s, Nebraska, I try to compare them to kind of Alabama and their run. In the national championship discussion every year for a two-decade period, and when they played people, not only did they win, they beat them up. What was it like going to Nebraska? What's Nebraska football like? Well, you know what? you got to start with uh, Coach Osborne. Uh, that's the first guy that you got to start with. It's, um, he, he's a he's a true leader. Why? Because um, he positively influences people to change their life and to be better at who they are. Um, he also know how to serve his people. So he 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 is there to help. He is there when you down. He's there when you up. Um, and he knew everybody. You know, what wasn't anybody more important than the next man. Um, and you felt that, you knew that, and, and, and players know that uh, from their coach. And then, you know, lastly, um, he, he was authentic. He was who he was, right? He didn't yell and scream. He wasn't that type of person. Uh, never uh, cussed. Um, he, he was just matter of fact. Okay, we're going to go out here. We're going to run these plays. About the second quarter, this play is going to score a touchdown. It's going to break the game over. So I'm like, okay, let me see if this guy is right. Second quarter, that play breaks it open, and we win the game off of that. And I'm like, man, this is just um, – he used to do that every single big game um, that we had. So you got to start with him because he was the, 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 the greatest leader and the greatest man that I know. And, um, and then the, the competition. The competition in practice was way more than it was in the game. So, you know, you had Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips and the offensive line and all them guys over there. Then you had us on defense, you know, the Peter Brothers and, and Grant Winstrom, D-line, and, and Jared Tomic, and, and um, you know, me in the secondary, and, and Tyrone Williams, the corner. Man, listen, we we going at it. That's um, an NFL all-star team. <laughs> the, the guys you just made on one team in Nebraska. That, that's how good they were. Yes, it, it was it was crazy. And, and, man, we used to compete. And we used to compete every Tuesday, ones against ones. And, uh, man, it was like it was like a game. Uh, and, uh, man, we had fun with full pads. It was like about, you know, 12, 15 plays that, that was going live because you, you couldn't tell us not live um, when you got them two teams together. And, and then um, it just showed on the field, uh, you know, the competition that was there. Um, the other thing I thought um, was the pride, you know, prideful people. This is why Nebraska has sold out those many games 
uh, consecutive games is because the pride of the state, the pride of the area. Um, everybody take pride into um, what they're doing, and um, and so it, it means something, you know. And and so that that's that's the that's the hard part of what what you see today is 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 uh, you know us not being in that conversation for a national championship every year um, makes it makes it tough. But man, in in the nineties um, when we was there. Um, we, we changed the mindset of, of um, the program and, and you know we wasn't we wasn't okay with getting to the big game and, and losing um, we're we gonna get to the big game and win and we were able to win three you know three out of four years of winning the national championship and, and uh, man that's just a lot of credit to coach uh, Osborne and what what he did with us and, and gave us the belief um, that that we was capable of doing that what's it like when you wake up the next morning after the national championship game having won a national championship what what is that like um when can we get started for the next one i mean that's really what it's like it's it's, it's like the craziest thing like you enjoy the day of and the night and as soon as you wake up you're like okay that's it no like, kidding that, let's 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 go do it again and and um and that's how we were um as a as a group um you know it, it was surreal the night of, as it was going on, because you know we knew we had won, especially the second one against Florida. Um, we knew we had won it, in, you know, in the third quarter, and so uh, we celebrating for a whole quarter. And so it, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was surreal when it was going on. Uh, but as soon as you wake up the next morning, you're like, okay, let's let's, let's go do this again. Draft day yeah. when you a dream that was put into your head back in back in sixth grade. You were drafted by the Carolina Panthers. What is that like? Well, um, it's nerve-wracking because you're sitting there waiting um, every second, every minute go by. Um, you, you're sitting there waiting for the phone call. And so, um, you know, first round went by. I had some teams in the first round that, um, you know, was talking that they might take me. Um, there and, and and they didn't and so we get in the second round we're going through the second round and and then all of a sudden you get the phone call and um, you know you just kind of light up it's it's like the world is taking off your shoulders first and then um, and then everything just comes up right all the emotions everything that you've ever dreamt of it's it's it's, it's all coming up at that moment and, and so. Um, you know the the family and everybody's going crazy. They you know they they know what's going on and and so I'm talking to the to the Panthers and and um, and then they announced because I want to hear my name now from ESPN and and I didn't get to hear the name because my my family was going crazy and and um, and I'm on the phone um, and so I'm trying to do three things at one time and um, that's not a good thing to try to do and so I, I missed that I, I did never I never got a chance to hear what these guys actually said about me, you know, as they do the clips and, you know, Carolina Panthers picking Mike Miller, this is da 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 And um, so I, I never got to hear what my man Chris Berman had to say. So um, I, I used to tell people that every time I used to speak. Uh, and and then one day somebody who was with ESPN said, oh, coach, I got that clip. I'll send it to you. And he sent it to me. And so I finally got a chance to hear it, man. And, it was uh, it was a great moment. So 
Um, man, it, it's it's like nothing that you know. You go from uh, dreaming about something and, and, and now realizing it uh, was was very very uh, big to me. You played at the highest level in college, like you say. You played with and against on your own team NFL guys, so you were at a high level. But that first training camp, that first year in the NFL, what was different? What sticks out? Um, just the speed, the speed at, at which um, practice it goes. So, you know, it, man, I'm going full speed like it's a game. <laughs> now I used to have um, all the older guys, right, that that stayed with the Panthers throughout my career, like a John Casey. And, you know, um, he, he, he pulled me to the side one day. This is – I'm an older guy now at this time, right? And he said, man, you know what? All of us used to just – sat on the sideline and marvel at how hard you was playing. Like, you would play so hard like it was a Super Bowl, man. We used to sit there and be like, man, look at this rookie. He just don't, he just going hard. He don't, he don't get it. He just uh, 100 miles an hour. And, um, and he said, man, we used to laugh at that. But he said, we knew that you was a, you was a guy because of, because of that. See, I only knew one way because that's how we did it in Nebraska. Every day was a, was full speed and, and, and ready to go. So the speed of, of which you have to make decisions um, in a National Football League is what separate uh, college uh, from the pros. And so I didn't realize it because you're in the moment. You're in the deal now. And so you just change your speed to what you see. And so when I went back to visit Nebraska that offseason, I, I watched the practice. And I was watching the film, and it looked like they was walking. And it, it literally – and this is the 97 team who won the national championship the next year. Um, I mean, that year. And so um, it looked like they was moving in slow motion. I said, oh, my goodness. That's when I realized the speed of the game is so much different at the highest level. What is a week like in the NFL preparing for a game? Oh, man, it's it's uh, 24-7 football, right? So – uh, you, you get up Monday and um, you come in and you lift weights um, and, you know, you begin to get your body um, together for the week, prepare your body uh, so you get treatment. And then at that point after you do that, um, then you go in um, and you watch film. And so you're probably watching film of, of the last game that happened on Sunday. And, um, and then you start to watch some of the stuff that you need to get prepared for for the next game, okay? Um, and, and then Tuesday is our day off. And and so you would come in, you would get treatment um, on a Tuesday, and then you would begin to break down film um, on your opponent. First down, second down, uh, you know, runs, uh, your, your first, second down passes. Um, so you start to get a familiarity with what they're doing. And then Wednesday is our first work day. And um, so you, you get – they break it down on Wednesday, first and second down. Um, it's how they break it down. And, and so you only get that installation. You don't get the whole game plan. You just get that. And um, so then um, you go out uh, after you get done meeting all morning. Then you go out to practice uh, right before lunch. And so you get about an hour and a half, two-hour uh, practice in. And, and um, it's the shortest practice ever. 
Um, that surprised me when I was in the league because in Nebraska, man, them two hours, I mean, we going. <laughs> and this one, you you kind of servicing each other because you don't have that many numbers. So you only have about 50 some guys. And so, um, you know, the defense is servicing the offense. The offense is servicing the defense. And so um, if you're a starter, you on a, you're on the sideline. So, you know, offense up, you're on the sideline. And then defense up, do their drills, and, and then you back on the sideline. I'm like, what? I don't know what that is, right? Uh, and then the practice was over, and I was like, that's it? Like, yeah, that's it. I said, okay, well, wow. I'm, I'm going to play a long time then. And uh, so anyway, uh, Wednesday is that, and then we come back Thursday um, and do the same routine. Um, it's just um, third down now, third down in some red zone, um, situational football, um, two-minute, four-minute. You start to look at that. And then you come um, in on a uh, Thursday. It's kind of more your walkthrough situation uh, where um, you're kind of hitting all the situations there, um, light practice. And, and then Friday, um, you come in and you do the same type thing. And um, and then you, you know, Saturday is a true walkthrough. And, and then you're getting ready to play on Sunday. And so you leave. If you're going on the road, it's not like basketball or baseball when you're on the road forever. Um, you, we, we leave Saturday. Uh, we get there uh, Saturday, and uh, we, we come right back after the game, which is probably about 5.30, 6 o'clock. The game is over. Um, all the interviews is over. Then you're flying back, and so you're back home Sunday night. Um, so it's not it's not a, um, as bad as, as it is on, on the mother sports where you're on the road that much. And that's what a lot of people don't get about the NFL is that you really, you're really not gone that much. Coach, you hear – Sometimes horror stories of NFL players waking up the next day and what that feels like. Mm -hmm. You were known as a member of the secondary, uh, as a member of the Panthers for just delivering ferocious hits. You went after it. You went, as you said, 110% all the time. What's it like Sunday morning or Monday morning? Well, you know what? Um, it's, it's, um, it's tough. <laughs> Your body feels like it's been in... Uh, uh, you know, about 10, 15 car crashes um, that day. It really is uh, like that. It's really, it's really like that. Um, when I was young, see, I didn't understand. I'd just shake it off and, and man, I'm ready to go and wouldn't treat my body, you know, because, you know, you bounce back and by, you know, by Wednesday, man, you're ready to go again. Uh, the older you get, it, it doesn't work that way. And so this is what separates um, the older guys from the younger guys in the NFL is, um, how long does it take you to recoup to get ready for the next one? So if it takes you all the way to Saturday to recoup, then that means you didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know. And and so you 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 can't you got to have the reps. Football is about repetition. You got to be out there. You got to see it. Um, even though you, I mean, you look at Cam right now, um, a guy who now starting to get the reps. He's starting to get the rust off of him. You got to have it. Doesn't matter how long you've been played got to have preseason you, you got to have training camp and this is what's bothering me about the game right now is because we taking that away and then you know basically guys are playing themselves in shape during the season and um and that's you know sometimes that ain't the best thing for injuries either uh, because you know you playing yourself and your body is not used to getting hit it's not used to taking those blows and so you have to condition your body to do that and you just can't go out there cold turkey and and think you're going to be fine and and um and so um so it's it's a it's a tough physical 
gain. Uh, but, you know, if you take care of your body, uh, which I started doing later on in my career because I had to. Uh, if I'd have done that early on in my career, I'd have played 15 years, you know, um, because your body just would have been good. It's just like a car, man. You got to take care of it. You got to tune it up every, you know, three, four months and get, get the oil changed and get the tar, uh, tires uh, checked and, and all that good stuff and get, you know, get some washer fluid in, in, the, in the window and, and uh, so you can clean the windshields off. And um, so you got to do all those things in, in, in your, you know, in the NFL with your body. So I try to teach my guys now in college the importance of taking care of your body because if they can get that nugget in college, then when they get to the league, it becomes, you know, just a normal routine and they have a better chance of making that team and a better chance of continuing um, on in their career as long as they want. Another part of your NFL career is – you were known as one of the best sound bites in the locker room. <laughs> Win, lose, I told a story about it in the intro, but you were always there. You'd always talk. You'd always give 10 seconds of gold. Media members in Charlotte still know you, still love you. Where did that come from? Why was that important to you? Well, um, I'm, I'm a person that I understand other people, okay? And when when you don't understand other people then you become selfish you become about you you become about your world and it, and i've never been that way even as a little kid i've always understood i had a lot of empathy uh, with other folks and and so um you know i looked at the media as they have to do a job man they they, they feed their family by doing their job and they want to be the best they can be and you know sometimes the media uh, might take on different personalities to make that job happen, but that's that's the personality that they're getting paid by. And so you gotta understand that. And so it's not personal. It's, you know, it's not a personal thing. It's, it's just they need to ask the tough questions um, at times. And um, at times they're gonna throw you some, you know, some alley-oops. That's, you know, everybody loves them, but they don't love the tough ones. And that's part of the whole, relationship right is give and take and and um and so to me uh, that's how i always looked at it and, and so you guys are doing a job and, and i want to help you do the, the best that you can do and, and then the second thing is is that that gave me an opportunity to introduce myself to the fans and and so they can see me other than number 30 in a helmet with a carolina panther logo on it they got to see my heart what i think um how uh, what i feel about life and and um, football and, and my teammates and, and what we was thinking on that particular play, um, you know, it, it, it helps them out. So the more you don't tell them, then the more people then just make up their own stuff, right? And so the, their reality become reality. You don't want that. You want your reality to be your reality and, and don't leave it up to somebody else. And, and, and guys just don't get that, man. They don't understand the um, all those dynamics that work in, in to talking to the media and, and, and really to fans because some guys don't do autographs, right? So it's like, man, look, man, it's not that big of a deal to sit out here for 10, 15 minutes signing everybody's autograph. Okay. You know, they're they going to love it. They're going to respect it. And they're going to um, – that might change somebody's life. If I change one person's life by signing their autograph, it was worth it, right? So that 15, 20 minutes of my time – was worth it. 
some people have either forgotten about this or might not know that you use your familiarity with the media you found that you liked it right after you retired from the nfl you were doing on tv media stuff for football tell us about that yeah um you know when i was getting ready to retire i started doing some things with the nfl network and and um and so i would do um you know their their nfl show um and, and i would come on there and, and, and do that and, and you know flew out to california and, and stand up in the hotel and uh, going over to the studio and and, uh, and and actually doing the show and uh, i think the biggest adjustment uh, was that you know the producers talking in your ear while you're talking, right? So, so you, <laughs> you, hey, remember you said that in our pre uh, pre meeting, right? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I picked that person. Yeah, uh-huh, this is what I. Did. So and so you gotta you, you you own live TV and somebody talking in your ear at the same time. So you gotta get used to that and and um, and then the different personalities um, that you you know you do the show with guys that you played against and. Um, guys that you respect, um, guys that was already retired uh, before you, and, and so you got a chance to meet them and how they think and, and, and enjoy that, those moments. And, and then I did the ESPN uh, college football thing on Thursday nights uh, for, um, you know, for a year, um, well, two years. And, and uh, man, that was – because I was coaching. That, I was coaching high school at the time too, so – um, you know, I would use the ESPN Thursday night um, show that we that we would do Sports Center, and and um, man, we stay up to twelve midnight, and we'll do a show, and then if another game was still going on on the West Coast, we would have to do the exact same show again. So you have to repeat exactly what you said the first time. So you just keep looping this around every thirty minutes until every news was in about every game that was going on. And that was probably the, that's what gave me the idea, said, nah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't like talking about the same thing over and over and over. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons, even though you liked a little bit of it, that you were coaching at the same time and you realized coaching was for you. What, what did you like, what do you like so much about it? You know what, um, my gift to the world is um, helping people unlock their greatness. And um, before that, I, I, I thought I was going to be a pastor of a church, and and because that's what I want to do. I want to. I, I when I meet someone, I see their gift. I see it in them, right? I don't know how God did that to me, but I, that's what I see. I don't see who I'm talking to. I see what they have to offer and to the world, and and. And, and so I go right after that, right? And, um, and so, you know, football gave me that opportunity um, because there's a lot of young people out there don't know who they really are. They don't know how important they really are to the whole team of the human race. And, and what better way to do that is to teach them through football um, their gift to the world. And it's not football. It's 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 other things that that God has given you, and so um, you know that's that is what intrigued me about the game, right? Um, not only do I get to help young people, I also get to help coaches, and them reach their uh, potential and their um, gift, you know. And and so you know that's what I love doing. I love teaching. 
Um, I love stretching people. I love, I love learning about people and, and helping them reach um, their potential. So coaching gave me that. Um, the thing that I loved about football is, is it's a different challenge every week. So I can't have the same challenge. That's why I didn't do the preaching thing because I have the same congregation every every Sunday, right? And it would be the same thing, and, and that didn't – that wasn't it. Um, I needed a new challenge every week. And so football gave me that because of the different opponent that you had. And really every opponent became a life of his own. And and, um, and so that, that became really fun uh, with me. And, and then the, the strategy of the game, um, the strategy of – your mind against that person's mind and, and then your group against that group and, and how do you get that to work together and, and make happen and man that's just so fun for me and exciting and, and then you know uh, being able to take underdogs uh, people who uh, they say man they can't do that and, 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 and to show them really their power within and then now the power go shows everybody else and then it it, it, it it sends a message to everybody you could do it too we're not superhuman you can do it too and so um that that's the one thing i love about football because you get a chance to put all this together show a beautiful product and then people um is an eye in that and then they pay attention they listen and then now you can tell them how important and how great they are too and and, you know, just like this interview, now I get a chance to tell everybody else, man, look, everybody has greatness. And, um, you know, it's it's a thing that you got to connect with the right people to help you unlock it. Coach, thank you for the conversation. Thank you. Head Coach Mike Mentor.